Welcome to Scent 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Matthew. Yeah. Okay. I'm like smiling really big. Yeah, you are. Holy Spirit goosebumps. Yeah. Because every time I see this man who is our guest today, he embodies gratitude <laughs> and gratefulness, which can yes. really take you a million miles. We've kind of known each other for a long time, wow. right? But just recently really got to see each other face to face and I was overwhelmed by his story, his gratitude and gratefulness. And it, and it gave me that. You know how some people are just a certain way and they just bring that up inside of you. So I hired him. <laughs> Because I for real, yeah, absolutely, man. Really? And, yes, and it was because he could do a whole lot of stuff, and I needed somebody who could oh, do a whole God, lot of stuff. Lord. That's cool. Because Jimmy's contagious. We're all contagious, good ways and bad ways, sure. and so it's to be contagious <laughs> with God, contagious with great attitudes and stuff like Amen. that. But it wasn't always that way, was it, Jimmy? Absolutely not. I grew up in a family with seven boys and three girls, and I was the youngest. <laughs> And I got, I had a pretty rough life. My dad was serious and very violent. Yeah. And at a very age, I can't blame my dad for the way he was. But my brothers and sisters grew up one way and I grew up rebellious and I went to drugs and I just, I fought it every way. I just had no sense of care or anything. I just kind of, I don't know how to say it. There was just no love in our house, none. My dad never heard my, in my whole life, 60 years of living, I never heard my dad say, I love you. I don't think any of my brothers and sisters ever heard it. And that kind of affected me in, in a raw way. Yeah. And I just, I ran with it and got, I was raped by an older brother when I was younger. And I was so scared. My dad was so violent. I was so scared to say anything or do anything. I turned to drugs and crime and hung out with the wrong people because I just didn't feel like I fit in. And as I got older and I got bigger, I got worse and ended up in prison for a robbery the first time. Did an eight-year, eight-month stretch and got out, was out two years, and did another robbery and ended up with a life sentence, 36 to life. And I ended up with a little extra while I was in prison, caught 10 more years. The whole time, my brother was just praying for me, man. I got a brother that loves me <laughs> so much. That's Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Larry Randall. Uh, he, is, he is a godsend, man. Literally. I get emotional when I speak about my brother because he loves me very much. Yeah. He prayed for me the whole time. I got a visit one time in prison for my son, and I had my granddaughter. She was like 13 months old, and my son said, don't worry, Dad, if she doesn't want to go, she doesn't go to nobody. She's real shy. And when we sat down, the first thing she did was stick her arms out towards me and, and wanted to come to my lap. And the whole time, all visit, she stayed to me. Oh, wow. A few years have gone by, and I was in and out of the hole and everything. Looking at my daughter, I realized what I missed as being a father to my son. I didn't have the chance to hold him when he was a kid because I was in prison my whole life. Yeah. And when I went back, I had a friend that was a Mennonite. He was always on me, and he was always saying, listen to your brother. That night, I gave my life to the Lord. I got on my knees, and I prayed, and I asked him to forgive me for all the rotten stuff I ever did in life. And I told him if I ever got out of prison, I would just love everybody I could come into contact with. Yeah. I would show them how thankful I am for being in this world. I believe it was the Holy Spirit working through that little toddler mm. that showed me the love in my brother 
and for me to really change my life. I got baptized in prison, and not long after I got baptized, the devil hit me real hard, and I got in a little bit of trouble. It was pride and everything that I still had a problem with, pride and anger. I went back in front of the congregation in the prison, and they all said, oh, you didn't change. But when I came back in, I went right in front of the church, and I told everybody, hey, man, I'm sorry for my actions. Mm. And I rededicated myself, and I made sure I went to church. And I wanted to go to college, and there was a Harvest Bible College that I, I couldn't afford. I couldn't do it. I didn't want to ask my brother, and that I asked so you. Then you're, you're, yeah, your brother asked me. He goes, hey, this is what the deal is, and this is what's up. And can we invest? Can we invest in this brother that I that I had never met? And I want to jump back to that because I really want the people to get an understanding. You were in prison without Jesus. You didn't have a relationship Nothing. with him. And you really had very little hope of ever getting out. Is that never, right? Never thought I was ever going to get out of prison. Even at one point, I, I tried to kill myself. They found me unresponsive in the cell. I'd cut my throat. I lost about four pints of blood, and they had to life light me out of prison and take me to the hospital. They took me to a middle hospital because I didn't try to yell for help. I was actually trying to end it. Yeah, Prison doesn't stop anything. There's drugs. There's violence. Everything you can get on the streets, you can get right there inside prison. Yeah, I was in the mix of all of it. I just I didn't have a care in the world. See, I wanted, we've got people that are listening that are in really different places in life, right? Some of them, and some that have been on this show, have had that same story that just molestation and they had hatred towards their father and that hatred went to everybody else and all they wanted to do is beat people up and rob them mm -hmm. and they were incredibly transformed and changed and that's that was me yeah i get it i see that right. picture but there's the other one and it's the larry side of it there are people who have a friend or a family member that is incarcerated that they just need to encourage and support and love on just like your Mennonite friend and just like Larry. So there's people that are listening that this is going to give hope to. So tell me about the, you giving your life to Jesus in prison. How, what, what was that day? What was that night like? Um, I went and talked to my friend, I'm Mennonite. And so yeah, he was there was with Danny Slater, good guy. The whole time he was bringing me the Bible studies and I was only going to the Bible studies because I wanted to hang out with him because we were, we you have that one person you really, you like and you trust, and that was him. And I have known him from another prison. This, and it, I had been in prison probably already eight or nine years. We had went to the hole together and come back, and he is he was really dedicated to the Lord. He told me how to give my life to the Lord. He said, go in your cell and get on your knees and confess everything you've done. I said, everything? <laughs> and he, he goes, yeah. I said, man, I, I've done some really rotten stuff. And he says, the Lord doesn't care about that. The Lord just wants you to be forgiven. He just wants you to ask for forgiveness. He's going to give it to you. He's going to love you no matter what. Amen. He's the one that told me, he goes, the Lord showed you the amount of love he has to him for you to that little child you were holding. That child just reached out to you for no reason. That child didn't do that to anybody else. They even warned you ahead of time so you wouldn't get your feelings hurt. Because that was the Holy Spirit, man, letting you know this is, how, this is God's love. It's pure and innocent, and it's just always there. You just got to surrender. You got to break it down and give it to God. Right on. And uh, He gave it to you straight. He did. He didn't pull punches, that's for sure. He was real harsh on me. If I did something wrong, he'd say, man, that's, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. And I was, <laughs> after I gave my life to the Lord, we were going to church. I was the guy that would 
say, here, hey, do me a favor. Take my Bible over to the church. I'll meet you over there. I got to do something. Only because I was embarrassed to carry my Bible across the yard. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I would put it in a bag. And then it, it got to the point where, why am I embarrassed? This is who I am now. This is a, I'm a new creation in, in yeah. God. I did some serious time. Pelican Bay, Corcoran, Folsom, San Quentin. I've been there. I've done that. And where we were there, I think both of us was in Corcoran. It was a hard prison. It was a level four. And you were either a Christian or you were walking with the whites. I, I'm white. So I had to stay with the whites. That's how it is in prison. You stay with your own race. And if you're going to walk that line, they'll let you walk that line. But as soon as you tiptoe over the fence, you're in trouble. So I had to seriously take a stand. And I took a stand for the Lord. And and I'm not going to I'm not gonna say here, nothing ever happened. There's several times where I had been spit on and not and talked down to because I chose to cover up certain tattoos that I didn't feel were appropriate for me to have. Mm. And I took that route. To this day, man, I still, I don't care. I have a few medical problems that I just believe that's my Paul. You know, that's my thorn in the side. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep trucking and, and I'm living each day for God. I believe it's because of my brother's prayer and everybody at the church praying for me. The transformation from the dark side into the light, man, that light's always there. And I just love God and I just want to keep going. No. How did that look? One, sure loves because you. absolutely so here you are you've gotten saved and you're and you're and you're working out your salvation too you're making mistakes and the lord's lifting you back up and you're on it you had a a, a ministry uh of a sort inside a prison right what right was, what was that like so this is complete change complete change uh bible studies on the yard i would hold bible studies sometimes there would only be one guy sometimes there'd be 20 guys out there it was always the un undesirables we'll say like that people that don't want to be around other people and there's a lot of mental health people in prison that need help and uh i would always get to know those guys that was my thing i would go out and talk to them and find out their name and say hi to them every day and sometimes they would come to my building they'd be waiting out there when i'd come out danny go here they are and they'd be a line of them they'd all be saying hi jimmy hi jimmy I say, yeah, I'd spend time with them and talk to them and and everybody else that those are the guys people wouldn't talk to they're the undesirables. They're undesirables. the misfits and all that. God loves the undesirables. He sure I does. Undesirable. <laughs> I would invite them to Bible studies. And I didn't even know how to run a Bible study, but I started going to this, this Christian college and I was learning a little bit about the Lord and I was learning how to talk to people and I was changing. It was all about surrendering and changing my attitude and showing meekness and gentleness and love where there there is no love. There, there absolutely, there's very little love in prison. And when there's a little bit, somebody finds it that's never had it, it's transforming, man. They just latch on. Danny used to tell me all the time, I don't know how you do it, but you're out there re- religiously in the rain, everything. <laughs> Bob was getting wet. It didn't matter. I find myself working in the chapels as porters, cleaning bathrooms. It didn't matter. I just wanted to work. I wanted to be part of the church. Yeah. And that's how my life, it just got better. It went from just being better. I got everything. God supported me. God Gave me everything I ever needed, and I told him I gave. I wrote that letter and to the DA. Okay, I want I want to talk about that. Let's, so what? there you are, um, by the love of God, God, and you're ministering to undesirables in a very undesirable oh, place. Yes. but still, you're not. You don't know that you're ever going to get out. I just assumed that I was going to spend the rest of my life in prison. Right. So there you are. Um, 
I'm walking through the day room and there's a guy, a Christian brother, and he's undesirably. And I walk by, I say, hey, what are you doing? He says, I'm writing a letter to my DA. For what? Because I'm, I'm telling her who I am now and who I was then. And I said, really? He goes, you ought to do the same. I said, ah, ain't going to work. And he goes, no, San Diego's got a special little unit for letters like this. It's called 1178 Resentencing. And he wow. goes, I'll help you write that letter. And I said, all right. So we took what, a couple. What do you got to lose, right? Yeah. A couple of days. It took us a couple of days to come up with this. I got all my chronos. I had some good boy chronos and things that the staff had wrote chronos on me. Like I would, for helping people, I'd help them make sure they got okay. the shower. I had an anundance box for we put shampoo and deodorant and if people didn't have something, they would come to me and I'd say, here. And every month people would put into this box. And it, it was cool. It know, was I, church. It was church. Yeah. It was the love of come God. Come on. Come on. Yeah. And we wrote this letter and I wrote her a letter of who I was then and who I am today and how I changed my life and I'm a man of God now. But they said, everybody I told to that was from San Diego said, oh, that DA is hard, man. She ain't going to she ain't gonna give you no. We're talking about Summer, right? Yes, Summer Stefan. Yeah. Have you met Summer Stefan? Yes. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, I've seen her on TV recently. I've said, seen her on TV. Oh, I've never he, met her. Yeah. She came to our church for a event. Uh, oh, Barbara, my gosh. I did Barbara meet her. Johnson, yes. who has yes. been on the show, was doing, fighting human trafficking. Right. And Summer Stefan came with her staff and a bunch of guys who said, enough is enough. And so that's when I got to have a private conversation with her and start a relationship. I did meet her when she came. But she's tough. She's tough. She is tough. But I wrote her a letter. I sent her everything I'd done in prison. I did the. I talked about the college, the AA. I got an AA in, in college. I got my GED. I got welding certs. I got building maintenance certs, small engine certs. I got a computer list. I sent her all this and everything I about my Bible studies, chronos. I had people writing letters saying, you know, I was a ma I was a man of God. It wasn't one of these guys that were just out there hiding. You know, he was actually out there doing the work. I was putting work in out there. Other officers have seen that, Christian officers. There's actually, we got some good Christian officers. Wow. They would say that and they would, hey, keep up the good work, man. You're doing the right thing. Don't let nobody get you down. And I would just work and just and do it. And next thing I know, about a year and a half later, I'm sitting in San Quentin and I'm, so hold on, hold on. Gonna, I want to get this timeline and I want to hear this. Right. You sent this letter and now you're going a year and a half later. Right. No a response, later, no nothing. They moved me to San Quentin. San Quentin was absolutely the worst place I've ever been really? as a prison. It was, you had to really survive. And as, as a Christian, it was just that much harder because it was, them guys were just, they were just like animals there. It was, I said, man, Lord, this is hell. Get me out of here. And I was trying to come to San Diego to Donovan. And they said, no, we're not going to send you to Donovan. We're going to send you somewhere else. And three o'clock in the morning, they come get me and put me on a bus. And a sergeant comes upon the bus and says, Reynolds. And I said, yeah, that's me. And they said, yeah, get off the bus, man. You're not going nowhere. You're not going on this bus. They pull, they scratch you. And I said, what? So I go home. I go back to the cell. I call Larry. Larry says, man, God took you off that bus because you wasn't supposed, I was going completely the opposite way. Mm. And then another, I went to the back to the council, went back to the committee and they kept trying to figure out what they're doing with me. And one day they come and got me and said, hey, come on, get your stuff. Just grab your stuff. I grabbed all my stuff and they put me on a van. I said, where am I going? So you're going to Donovan. And I said, what? I couldn't believe it. I didn't even have enough time to call my brother. I was going to Donovan. Yeah, and, and for the people that are listening, Donovan's, in town. It's in, in San Diego County. Yeah, downtown, yeah. I wasn't even supposed to go here. This is a miracle of God. This is God at work on my behalf. And I haven't heard, 
And right before I, I left San Quentin, I got this letter from a public defender. It says, call us urgently. An urgent call. So I get on the phone. This is before I go there. And I call this public defender and she goes, okay. She goes, I work with the uh, DA's office and they're considering taking your case back to court. Will you accept these terms? He said, 25 years flat, two years off your parole. Time served. I said, absolutely. <laughs> served is a beautiful thing, man. Yes. I thought I was going home. I thought I was go I thought I was going home right Yeah, there. I would too. Well, the time that I had caught in prison that extra 10 years running bowlegged. Oh. Yeah. I had already did that time before my life sentence. I'd started my life sentence. But when they took the 25 years for the life sentence and then the 2 years off the parole activated that consecutive sentence again and now I had this 10 years to do. Oh man. So my heart was broke again and yeah, I, sure. and I didn't I got hurt, but I didn't get mad at God. All right, God this is you. This is what you have a plan for my life. I don't know what it is. And I was really looking my my kid, man. I broke my son's heart so many times. So I think I'm going to get out. I'm thinking I'm going to get out. And now he's lost hope. My brother is such a faithful Christian, man. He's always drilling in me. Don't you lose hope. You keep praying to God. Prayer works. God loves you. God's got a plan for you. And my plan, God's plan for me was to go to Donovan and they had a small ministry there, a good one. Uh, pastor Rogers is a great pastor. He's, he's the one that runs that yard. I got right in there, and some Christian brothers got me a job right away working IDL, M8 day labor. And I was going to work every day, and I was still had some kind of hope that I was going to get out. And it, they changed my date from, I think it was like four years down to two years left. I said, well, that's a big change, two years. So, I'm 60 years old, I'll make it. I just got to stay healthy. And one day I'm working on top of the building, an inmate putting razor wire around the top of the building for the prison. <laughs> that's, that was my job. I was oh putting razor gosh. wire so the inmates couldn't crawl over the wall. Craziness. And a sergeant, a lady from records, and my boss showed up. And they said, Reynolds, get off the roof, man, come on. You're done working. And I thought, wow, what did I do? I, I, don't, do nothing. I, don't, I don't do nothing wrong. And I and I, I was trying to plead my case. Hey, I I, do, I haven't done anything, and and they were all playing a game. They thought it was a joke. And then and the lady goes, "Man, you can't do that to him." Yeah, why do they think that's? Yeah, funny? they go. They go. <laughs> now you're going home. And when the lady said, "You're going home," I what? said, what do you mean I'm going home?" She goes, "Yeah, you got four days. You're going home. You you got somebody to come pick you up." The water was sure to come, and I started crying. My, my boss, one of the officers, go, oh, Felicia's starting to cry already. I said, absolutely. Oh, he says, come on, don't even worry about yourself. Let's take you back to the yard. And uh, four days later, I, four days I sat in my cell waiting for that door to open. To oh, I bet, because and, you, you could always pull a coaster. What are they going to do? Right, Where is going to go? You never trust it until you're out. Yeah, right. Even the last day, everybody I've ever seen go home, they get released at 6.30 in the morning. It's 8.30, oh. and child's gone by, everybody's gone at work, and I'm on the phone to Larry there. said, don't worry, I'm out front. They said, you, you'll be out here in an hour. And a couple hours later, they walked me out, and there it was, freedom. Done. Yeah, freedom, freedom. in e every single way. First thing me and Larry did was pray. It was awesome. And the people waiting for their family member, Larry was praying to minister to them before <laughs> I even got there. That's my brother. Yeah, it is. He got the love of God in him, man, and I just couldn't believe it. And I've seen him get, he'll get upset, but he never curses or nothing. He says, all right, God, 
this is just a bump. What do you want me to do? Help me with yeah. this. And uh, I'm learning from him. We came here and I got a job at the church and I just want to surround myself with positive men, Christian men. I go to the home groups. I, as somebody's down, I always try to be respectful, polite, high, cheerful, smile. I dress up every time I go somewhere. I always want to be, because I'm an image of God. I got to let the light shine through me so others may want to glorify his name. And I, I just, I say, man, this isn't my life. I'm not even supposed to be here. It's a miracle that I'm here. Yep. I'm here because God's got some kind of plan for me. I see these kids and if I could just help one kid, man, just change one kid's life yeah. from making the same mistakes. Yeah. I went to prison because I didn't know what love was about. Yeah. If I can just show that one person a little bit of love, a little bit of kindness, that's all it takes is a little bit of kindness, man. Just say hi to somebody, yeah. pick somebody up, open a door for somebody. It doesn't have to be a woman or any, even a, a kid. Just open the door for them. Be nice. Show them the meekness, the gentleness. Yeah. You don't always have to be hard. Yeah. And here I am, man, a miracle of God. Yes, you are. Really. Yes, you are. Man, I'll tell you something. Chris Surdock has been on the show. Right? Yeah. And Chris had some business out of town that he needed to go to. And I had the honor of being asked to sub for him for his home group. Okay. okay so first off, it's Chris Surdock. Secondly, it's Liddy and a bunch of really great cooks. They cook every single every week, single right? Week. No, it's such bait. It's great. And so we went through the one another's right? We we're talking about praying for one another, encouraging one another, loving one another. And the reason I did that is because that home group that you're in yes. does that. And it was like to out of Thessalonians encouraging them, I don't have to teach you a bunch of this. I want to encourage so you. So I know you from that group, right? I've seen you yeah, there. I, I yeah. Okay. I knew that's where I knew And I started yeah. going to the one on Wednesday night too. There you go. With Sean, I think it is, or Shane. 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 Yeah, I, I Shane. Going there. Yeah. I just went one time. That's a great one. But the, the point that really got me is, so I said, okay, so we'll, I want to break up into twos or threes, and then and we want to pray for each pray, other. Pray. Yeah, right? I remember that. So maybe there's something that you need prayer for, or maybe you need to pray that you're supposed to be doing one of these one and others, like loving and respecting and encouraging, and you're not really doing it. So, so Sylvia and I got to pray for somebody really special. It was really beautiful. And I look around, and there's this group probably of six or eight guys not following directions at all. I said two or three. <laughs> and I see this big group of guys that are there. And my good friend Robert is yeah. in that group. And they're praying together. They were praying together when I went home. I don't know that's, when that's, you guys stopped, but guys. you were seriously one another in right. each other. Yeah, we're just praying for everybody, praying for each other and everything around us. Just the love and gentleness and giving, helping us walk and, and seeing the light as we go through our daily walk because a lot of us just put blinders on and just go and do what we got to do. Yeah. Or we're distracted or so yeah. into what we're going through. And there's a great bunch of guys there. There really are. Yeah. Robert Baker, who's, who's my buddy, he texted me the next morning and encouraged me, said something really nice to me. And I go, dude, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the encouragement. He goes, homework done. Check. He goes, <laughs> I sent six other texts out to encourage other people. Then I saw him on oh, social man. media saying, hey, I want to pray for you. What do you need prayer for? And all these people are putting prayer requests for Robert. So th these are, this is the one thing that besides gratitude, besides gratefulness, besides the redemption and the freedom, the thing is, Jimmy, you're a doer of the yeah. word. You're a doer. Is there something you want to just encourage the people that are listening right now from what you've learned inside and outside that you want to just encourage them in, you want to share with them? Man, just 
show the love and kindness towards towards people you don't know. It's you don't have to be. It's one thing to be nice and love on your family, but it's another thing to be nice and love on the little old lady that needs the door open up, yeah. or somebody lifting something in their car and they don't. They're doing it on their own. You can see they're struggling. Just walk around with a smile on your face. Yeah, and know that we got a purpose in life, and we got a purpose yeah. to live for God. God's real. I'm telling you, I know God's real. I've seen miracle after miracle in my life. Prayer works. Yeah. Absolutely, man. If you can pray for somebody, you don't even have to tell them. Just pray for them. Just show them a little bit of love and kindness. I think kindness and love is all we need. That'll open so many more doors. It sure will. And yeah. the world needs it so, so. We do. Yeah. And if you can do that in San Quentin, the people that are listening can do it in the hardship that they're going through with the confidence that Christ is going to bring right. them through it. And I think for me, the the thing that sums it up to me is you are sent to love the undesirables. Absolutely, mm. man. I love it. Love on fire, man. I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. And I just, I love it, man. I just, that's me. That's my home. But on. Um, Shout out to Pastor Bobby Yates. Yeah, you know, that's what it fire. is. Yeah. Uh, there's just, I got some good men in my life. I got you. I got my brother. I got Patrick at work, Robert, Andy. <laughs> These guys are they're just so soft-spoken, and every time they speak to you, every time I see somebody's a man speak at work, at church, it's always with gentleness and meekness and love, and I'm thinking, man, I'm the luckiest man in the world because I'm just surrounded with it. I've been surrounded with hate my whole life, and I just feel like I fit in. This is my calling. It uh, is. Welcome home, yeah, bro. Welcome I, home. I just got to make each day count, mm, and yeah. not for myself, but for God. Yeah. I got to let people know, I, I advertise that I'm a billboard for Jesus Christ and <laughs> I'm full of love. And if you need a hug, come see me. There you go. Right on. I, I want to pray. Yes. Father, I just thank you for Jimmy's story of redemption, yes. of transformation, of freedom. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, we pray that right now for everybody who's listening. Yes, Lord. For that person who feels like there's not another step forward. And they feel trapped. They feel doomed. They're hopeless. And we speak hope and a release of your love into their life. I pray for that person who hears this story and gets on their knees and gives their life to you, Father God. We just thank you, Father, because you do this. And we are so honored to, to be in this family together. I ask you would continue to bless Jimmy's ministry and, and for him to continue to be just this beacon of light, this billboard for Jesus. Thank you that he's in our family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.